Hello and welcome to Speaking About Speaking with me, Jackie Goddard. Uh, lovely to have everybody here today. I'm assuming there are millions of you out there watching uh, and listening to this on the replay too. So if you are out there, I'd love to hear your comments and your questions. So please post away, come and join me and my lovely guest who I shall bring up to the screen very, very soon. Uh, so yeah, if you are watching now and you have a question about speaking or anything that you might be doing uh, around speaking, then please ask away. My guest today, I am so, so happy to have my lovely, lovely guest today, um, Sarah Townsend. Now, Sarah is a best-selling author alongside being a fantastic copywriter and she is going to come up and join me on the screen right now. And Sarah, welcome. Hello. Hey, lovely to have you here. I'm going to swap you over there. Hello, lovely to see you. Yay. I've got a little bit of a bio here on you. <laughs> and it says uh, that you are a copywriter, a speaker, and a best-selling author who loves language, which is really handy when we're sp speaking about speaking. And it says, since publishing your Amazon number one yeah. bestseller, Survival Skills for Freelancers, you've been on a mission to help freelancers and small biz owners set better boundaries, achieve brilliant balance, and avoid oh, fair Does that sound like you? <laughs> True. You have my old bio. That was really remiss of me. Uh, well, <laughs> I should have sent you my latest. Her latest <laughs> book. Yeah, her latest book, The Little Book of Confusables, is a must-have companion for anyone who writes. And I, I wrote that bit because I have it and it's brilliant. So I'm yeah. So that's the latest book. But you've appeared on 50 plus podcasts and you've taken part in 50 plus events. So we're very, very lucky to have you here yeah. today. What have oh, you been thank up you. It's to? Lovely to be here. How's the, how's the book um, I just going? got back from a week's um, holiday in Norfolk, actually. So yesterday was my first day back in the office. And you know what it's like when you've got uh, an inbox bursting at the seams and you've got all this catch-up stuff to do. So actually today and chatting to you, Jackie, is just a, a lovely kind of break from all the, the, yeah, the craziness and the busyness. Yes. I have, I've recently come back from Norfolk myself, actually. So I came back on Saturday. I was in Hunstanton. Oh, yeah. So did we. Yeah. Oh, we were right up near Hunstanton <laughs> on Saturday. We went yeah, to Sichuan Marsh on Saturday, which is very near Hunstanton. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful part of the country. I was only there for the night. I went up on uh, Friday night to visit family. So, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So I did the same oh, by the time yeah. I came back catching up yesterday it is lovely but we are we we know each other from um a network called you are the media so anybody out there that, yes, that knows you are the media and we've both been part of that community for the last few years and since that time I think you you were in the process at that point of writing survival skills and then obviously yeah, recently have written the little book of confusables. So what really interests me and why I think you are a fabulous guest for this particular speaking about speaking is because authors are quite often not speakers, but they are expected mm -hmm. to get on a stage and sell their book, you know, and actually talk about it on yeah. stages, on podcasts and, and all that sort of thing. So, so was speaking something you were doing before 
the books or is it something that you've you've sort of come to since no yeah it's very much something I've come to since um I I um hadn't done any podcasts webinars Q&A's panels nothing before I wrote survival skills for freelancers and by that stage I'd been freelance copywriter for 20 years when that first book came out and and it did sort of catapult me and that was never my intention I didn't want to do that kind of thing but I found out that I actually really enjoy doing it so yeah it has kind of opened up this new world it's quite funny because shortly after probably about six to nine months after I wrote Survival Skills for Freelancers, I found myself reading Daniel Priestley's Key Person of Influence book. And that is very much about how if you want to position yourself as a thought leader, an expert in your field, you should write a book. And then that will catapult you into all these speaking things. And I was like, oh, I've just done that. But (laughs) just by chance. (laughs) <laughs> that was never the intention oh well th- that's a surprise so then so then obviously these are the books here obviously survival skills for the freelancers were the, was the first um and I love the you know they yeah. the 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 covers and everything they're just they're, they're beautiful looking books and really really nice to hold on to as well as anything else so what what made you want to write the book in the first place the survival skills for freelancers I think I just got to the stage um, also just really quickly worth pointing out that those pictures not being to scale because survival skills is a normal size book, but confusables is like dinky, isn't it? Cause you've got a copy. It's dinky yeah. and chunky. Um, and yeah, so I got to the stage where I had really learned everything the hard way. <laughs> I think I made all the mistakes in the book and I just thought, it could be really useful for other people to learn from the ways not to do things and to really, it's not just my voice coming through in that book. It's very much a heart on your sleeve, very much authentic, my story, my my journey, what I've learned and how other people can avoid the same mistakes and how they can kind of supercharge their own freelance success. But what I like about that book is the fact that it also contains the voices of a hundred other freelancers in all different fields, not all copywriters, all sorts. And um, I think I've even got a painter and decorator in there. Mm -hmm. I was having some work done at the time. I was like, right, I need representation from the trades. Let's let's get a quote from my my builder and another one from my decorator. Um, But yeah, it's really, it's a very straight talking book. And because I had not learned things the right way, when I first started as a freelancer, there was no online community, there was no social media, there was barely any internet back in 1999. So it it feels as if anybody starting out now going self-employed is actually in a lot more of a solid position we have all these online communities we have all this support that we can gain um advice that we can gain groups we can join and and just these communities that we can become a part of which is as as you and I have done Jackie with um other media yeah and um and I think that really helps but back then none of that existed yeah, I have to say, I mean, I, I can remember when you wrote it and I was like, oh, God, why, why did nobody write this book 
earlier because I was freelancing from many, many years ago. But as you say, since since mm. then, the, the world has changed, hasn't it, really? And it's it's just so, it, it's not necessarily any easier, but there's certainly a lot more support. You're not, you're not quite so isolated now as a freelancer as, as you were back absolutely. in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Been, I think, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to, I just wanted to bring this one up because it's hi, Sarah. Hi, Jacqueline. Lovely to see you both on screen. Don't know who that's from, but but I assume it's somebody else from the You Are the Media community. Oh, they know us, so. okay. yeah. And then obviously this one is from Liam Toms, who says hello both, oh. and he <laughs> says hello Mo too. Ooh, so is that Mo? Oh. Perhaps, perhaps that's Mo. Yeah, <laughs> Mo from our from our group last year. From yeah. The oh yeah. Day. Yes. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the Creator Day with uh, you. Other media is coming up on the twenty seventh, isn't it? Is it next? Yes, yeah, next Thursday. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and we're both going to be at that. But last year you yeah. were speaking at that event. Yeah, I did. And as it happened, I kind of ended up telling the story of how I had gone from never doing a podcast interview, never doing a talk on stage, and. I sort of shared that story and how that journey has evolved and how actually I'd kind of really messed up, I think, by by sort of saying yes to every opportunity that came my way after I self-published Survival Skills for Freelancers. And um, I really took, the took my eye off the ball when it came to my actual copywriting. And I've sort of had to really rein that in. Because the thing is, I get these opportunities and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a kid in a sweet show. I'm like, let me do the thing. Um, but actually, realistically, I have to pick and choose more. It's it's not a way to run a business for me just going, yes, let me do this and this and this. And hands up. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so, so, you've, so you've written two books and you've not been able to give up the copywriting. Is that what you're saying? You, the the books haven't made your millions. Oh, funny that, really. <laughs> <laughs> Every copy of Confusables that I sell, even though it's 330 pages so it's great value for just over 10 pound I I make three pound 30 on a copy so yeah writing a book is never going to make you rich unless you're uh, JK Rowling or somebody like that but I just love the copywriting and I I I wouldn't want to ever get to the position where I was earning I don't know would I I'm not sure I feel as if I wouldn't want to get to the stage where I'm making so much money doing something else that I don't, that I lose track. It feels a bit like teachers, you know, you go into teaching because you love working with the kids and seeing the results and then you get promoted and promoted and you become a head and then all of a sudden you're not doing the teaching anymore. All you're doing is the managing and the, um, the reports and the admin and that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't want to lose track of the thing that I started out doing in the first place. Yeah. So Writing a book seems to be, and I know um, lots of people ask the question: if you were, if you run a business now, do you think you have to write a book in order to, as part of your marketing or part of your your strategy no. as a business owner? It 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 can help if you write a good book. Um, I think the the problem is there are too many people out there who have heard that advice and who have written a book and it's not a very good book. And then I don't think that does actually help. I think if anything, it probably hinders. Um, but I mean, a lot of people will write a book with the intention of being able to give it to prospective clients to be able to do that. I'm a thought leader. I'm an expert in my field. And here's the proof I've written a book. 
with me, with both of my books, it was that I had the knowledge in here and I wanted to get it out to help people. That was probably the wrong goal to have, to be honest. And I think that's probably why I took my eye off the ball with my copywriting and just went, yes, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. I'll give away all my time for free. And and then my business kind of went, oh. <laughs> but a lot of people will do it for that reason. And there are a lot of mediocre books out there as a result. I think I I was the opposite. I was somebody who I never believed I did have a book in me. I just suddenly got the idea. In both cases, I got the idea in the January, January of 2020 with survival skills and January of 2022 with the little book of confusables. And from the idea to the actual launch was like a period of six months that's to get everything oh, done um and that's the only way I can do it but yeah. I don't think no don't feel that pressure I think this is a lot of the mistake that I made I started to feel the pressure of other people's shoulds I would start thinking oh I'd be I'd be letting other people's kind of ideas and thoughts and beliefs get into my head so I would have Oh, you should have a paid membership community. You should have a suite of passive income products that mean you can make money while you sleep. You should do this X, Y, Z. Whereas for me, I started going down those routes and then I quickly realized that that wasn't what I wanted. That was somebody else's expectations. So just kind of listen to, to what you want, what is going to Take your business in the direction of your goals. Where do you want your business to be? And is that particular thing going to help you get from A to B? Yeah. Do you think, though, with the, the success of both books, that you have been elevated as a copywriter to more of a, um, a oh. kind of a thought leader on the subject? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> um maybe maybe on the freelance side because I do get asked to do but I suppose because neither of the books is about copywriting confusables is really for anybody who writes and that and that's all of us isn't it if, if we're running a business or we're employed we're writing content daily we're writing emails daily we're writing blog posts social media posts we all want to come across as confident as confident writers and mistake free because people have to trust our businesses and one of the ways in which we let ourselves down with our writing is letting those really easy mistakes through like bear with me and spelling it b-a-r-e or off your own back when it's actually bat or using the wrong spelling of stationary which how many times have we seen that but it's not just the obvious ones in the book there are things like just the two spellings of discreet the two spellings of horde the various spellings of rain and after the queen died there were so many newspapers were getting it wrong and and it was like okay you all need a copy of this book but um yeah I think it, it I've, I've lost 
track of where your original question was going. Sorry, that's, that's right. that sounded, absolutely. isn't it? No, that's that's absolutely <laughs> fine. I think, yeah. Um, and I then I was going to, I had a question lined up then and I was thinking, what was the question? Um, <laughs> if anybody out there has a question for, for Sarah, that would be, that would be great yeah, to hear. Just, mm -hmm. yeah, anybody out there, please do ask us a question. Um, so in terms of speaking, going back to getting on stages, so you are now being slightly more picky about where you speak and who you give your time to. Yeah. So what are the, the kind of occasions that you will now be happy to speak at? Um, paid ones. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of, I had to start getting comfortable. This is ironic because there's a whole chapter in survival skills for freelancers, as you know, about how to charge your worth, how to know your worth and how to confidently ask for what you are worth. And I've never had any problem with charging um, a, a decent rate in terms of I've been doing this for nearly 30 years, 24 now freelance. So I'm not the cheapest copywriter out there, but I have all those years of experience. So it's not just writing experience, but commercial experience. I've worked client side, agency side, and now freelance. So I've never had a problem being confident asking for the right amount for copywriting. But then I started falling into this speaking and not seeing myself as an expert speaker still don't see myself as an expert speaker but I've done 50 odd oh probably closer to 100 now Jackie and certainly 65 plus podcast interviews so it gets to the stage where I was having my own imposter syndrome over charging when I hadn't been charging for so long and like how can I suddenly start saying to people yeah I'd love to speak at your event this is how much I charge or I'd love to speak at your event what's your budget for this and getting over that mental hurdle of well how do I do that that took me months absolutely months but now I am talking on stage at a big event um, in May and another one in September for a professional body. Um, I'm kind of their keynote speaker, wow. um, which I, I still feel a bit of imposter syndrome over that. But yeah, it's it's happening. Um, and then I'm doing a panel later in the day. And that's kind of, they've put me up in a hotel. They're paying me for my time. And, and that kind of thing I'd like to do more of. But it's got to not be at the expense of my bread and butter work because I love my bread and butter work so much. Yeah. So um, I will still do the occasional free gig. I just did one um, recently for the local Chamber of Commerce. And the reason I did that was because it's 20 minutes from me. It's a chance for me to network. It's a chance for me to sell copies of both books. And it's a chance to kind of introduce myself as a copywriter, even if it's more, it's like secondary to what I'm talking about. So I was sharing tips for people to kind of improve the impact and the um, the effect of their writing to make it more engaging um, by using human language and the importance of, of that rather than human language versus robot language and how that can help your business to stand out in a sea of communication clutter. Yeah. And um, by doing that, the last time I spoke to them, I got a client and ended up doing 
quite a lot of high value work for that client on the back of that talk. So that kind of paid for itself, but brilliant. generally brilliant. speaking, mainly paid events. Yeah, yeah. great. That's fab fabulous. Um, from Liam, if time wasn't, wasn't a consideration, what would you like to write the next book about? It's really easy, Liam, because I've actually got the entire sequel to Confusables and it's like next level stuff. Mm. It's stuff that I, I've just been keeping. I had to draw a line under. When I was doing Confusables, I kept going, oh, I forgot to include this. Oh, but I have literally got another book waiting in the wings to do. And it is it's it's going to be brilliant it's just i'm not going to i'm not going to put time aside this year to do it it's going to have to wait yeah, yeah. you're not going to give us any spoilers that you say next level is it sort of longer words or more apostrophes or i don't know i think it's it's because it doesn't have the basics in so the so the original book will always be the one for the basics complement and principle and practice and advise and advice, effect and effect, all those kind of obvious ones. But then there are so many that actually it's like next level usage, I would say. So um, testament and testimony. I can't think of another yeah. single example off the top of my head, but there are so many of them and it's just, it's going to be gold. It's just, I have to take the time to do it and I don't have that time to spare right now. No. Have you got illicit and illicit? Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that aren't they in the first one? Aren't they I, in the first one? I don't know. I, 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 I can't remember. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Um, we have oh, another question. I assume then this is Mo. If that's you, Mo, hello. How do you find your niche subject and gap in the market for your subject matter? I assume when you're writing a book or speaking, even. Um, I think I just wanted to to share about the stuff that I'm passionate about because I think if I tried to write about anything else, it will it it will come across as like a lot of people have have said, particularly about survival skills, because it's kind of a narrative book, a lot of people have said what they like about it is that it is a very personal journey. It's very reassuring. It's very supportive and confidence boosting. So for me, the idea just, it just formed itself. I wasn't sitting there thinking, I want to write a book. What shall I write a book about? And I think that's where it it succeeded in both cases. I originally had the idea for the little book of Confusables in 2017. And I looked into it and spoke to somebody about the process of self-publishing and thought, no way. There's absolutely no way I'm ready to do this. So I parked the idea. And then the start of last year, the timing was just right. And it kind of evolved. So it's not something I ever spend time actively doing um it just it just happens I always yeah, said yeah. I'll never write a book because I'm I, I, I'm a writer by trade and I spend my days writing and the thought of spending my days writing and all my spare time writing was probably a little bit overkill yeah, <laughs> so I just yeah. said no I'm never going to write a book and then it just happened yeah but I think, I think I think I think you know it. what what uh, what you said about writing about what you're passionate about is is the, at the crux of it and I think it's the same if you are a speaker if you want to do a TED talk if you want to get out on the stage and start speaking you need to find something that that, that is close to your heart yeah. if not what it is that you're doing and most business owners I find are doing what they're doing because it's a passion because there's something in what they've always wanted to do is the reason behind their business yeah. so that is always either f f the subject matter for a book 
or whatever that niche is, whether it's the reason for you to step on a stage, but it needs to be a passion. You need to be able to talk about it authentically and passionately. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it really comes across when you're not, doesn't it? We've all listened to speakers where it feels as if they're going by the book. It's very, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and equally, we've listened to speakers who are incredibly passionate about their subject and it just lifts you. It's all about the energy for me. I think if the energy is behind something, I tend not to set goals. It's a bit controversial, but my brain doesn't really work in that way. So I tend to, I always know what I want to do, but but when I do it is very much driven by the energy. If the energy is there, that's mm. the thing I'm going to focus on at any yeah. one time. Yeah. So that's sort of a nice segue into the question that I always ask, which is what makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck? In your opinion? Oh, oh gosh, I think with a good speaker, see, this is a tricky one for me to answer because I don't feel like I'm necessarily there. I don't feel like I'm the, the judge of whether I'm a good speaker or not. But I think. But what, what about other speakers then? Yeah, so I think that the energy is a really important thing that is quite often overlooked. So somebody could be incredibly academically capable they could know their subject inside out but if they're standing on stage wooden and they're delivering and it just sounds like this and there's no variation in there you know it's it's a, a lot for me to do with energy I I find I can be so enthused by how inspiring somebody is and how convincingly they talk about their subject so for me energy is a really big part of it it's not necessarily being the most polished. So I think the flip side of that question, the, sorry, the flip side of that answer is when a bad speaker sucks is when that's not there, when it is just like I just said, when it's like this and they're just, you know that they know their subject, but there's nothing to lift it. There's nothing to intrigue you or to promote you to think outside the box. There's nothing that's different, that challenges, that, stimulates that makes you think oh you know I've not thought about it that way it has to be there has to be something different in there but the delivery is a really big part for me yeah, absolutely absolutely so what have you ever been given any advice as a speaker before you stepped on stage yeah oh yeah do you know this was advice? it was really weird actually I don't know whether I anticipated the opportunities because I, I can't remember what was my trigger for doing this, but before um, lockdown, I think it was about a week, literally a week before lockdown. So I hadn't yet launched Survival Skills for Freelancers, but I thought maybe now is the time to do a speaking boot camp. And there was this, there's this great guy locally, Michael Trigg, and he does these speaker boot camps. And, and I'd always meant to do it, but thought, oh, it's a bit, a bit pricey, kind of justify it. And I went and did this boot camp in this village hall in this idyllic Cotswold village. Um, and I was there for two days and his, his training methods were brilliant. So that absolutely gave me the confidence that I could do it. Um, I probably should have a refresher and I've been thinking about getting a refresher with you, of course. Um, but it, it's 
definitely something that I hadn't done before. And then I had this, all these intentions of putting it into practice and then lockdown happened about a week later. So by the time I was having the opportunity to start doing the talks and the the podcast interviews even, yeah, I was, I was feeling rusty already. So what was the best piece of advice that came out of the boot camp then for you? Um, he, he, gave us a lot of inch oh so so one thing that I quite like is a lot of people will start their talk with I'm Sarah Townsend and I'm blah 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 I'm like I instantly switch off at that I want to kind of it one really good technique he gave us and I don't think I've always done it but it's always there in the back of my mind is to open don't even say who you are but to open with a really interesting fact about the subject and say, that's why I'm here to talk to you today about X, Y, Z. And then I'm Sarah Townsend. And, and usually I don't even too much bother with saying who I am because I figure yeah. it's not about me. It's about what I'm trying to, the message I'm trying to share and the advice and the help I'm trying to give. So I don't usually do a big, long intro, but I loved that idea of just leading with the intrigue yeah. and making people go, wow I didn't know that what a great way to start a talk yeah 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 I start with the fact that 73 percent of people are more afraid of speaking in public than they are of dying that's usually that's usually a way to to start, wow. to start yes. that's a great one <laughs> well we're just about just about out of time but I just want to put this one up from uh, from Liam again I still need Love a press edition of the affect and effect page yeah <laughs> yeah I love uh, that yeah brilliant well thank you so much for being here I'm going to put your uh this is your website so if anybody wants to find out any more about Sarah or the books then go there and uh, find out more and obviously if you need to find out any more I do my own boot camps you know so so if anybody is interested in a, a public speaking boot camp around about the south coast then <laughs> then get in touch here at powertospeak.co.uk and uh, and I will I will get back to you. If you are watching on the replay if you're catching up with this then please do still ask, ask a question put a comment I'd love to hear from you as would Sarah. So so yeah. if anybody's uh, out there watching the replay then do come and get in touch. So again, thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Oh, it's been a pleasure, you. as always, to talk to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, next week. Yes, yeah, same. Cool. Yeah, by the seaside. Seaside. Fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. Lovely. Well, to everybody out there too, I've got three weeks break now and uh, back with Speaking About Speaking with me solo on the 16th of May. So I look forward to seeing everybody then. And Sarah, I will see you next week by the sea. Lovely. Take care.